Great to see you. How good it is to see you. Give us a wave. Come on. Welcome well done back. today. Thank you so much for coming, every one of you today. We appreciate you so much. I want to thank all our team and oh, that's come early, setting up, practicing those in the deco too, the old Savoy. Thank you for also for helping. We appreciate you for coming this morning and uh, it's going to be worth it just meeting it with the Lord is. today. So God bless you. So we're going to um, read from Ephesians chapter 3 and Linda's going to read the scriptures for us and then we're going to get into the word together. Okay, if you've got your Bibles with you, Ephesians chapter 3, as Jason said. For this reason, so, sorry, starting at uh, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think or can even imagine, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Linda, for that. Let's, let's just pray as we get into God's word today. Uh, and I do believe that God's going to speak to us. So I want you to open your heart today if you're with us. This may be your first time um, well, for most of us, it's our first time here, but if you are first time to our church, we welcome you, those on camera today on viewing, we, we just welcome you. Father, we just thank you, God, for your goodness to our lives, and we ask you, God, to, to speak to us today, to strengthen us, God, in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, we just pray that we can open our lives to you, what you want to say to us today, and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Well, you know, Ephesians is a really, really interesting book and a great book for us to study and to read. I've been reading this, this chapter uh, over the last week and also going through chapters 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. Whenever you read passages of Scripture, it's always good for you to go, be, um, to go before it and also after it. Paul says in Ephesians 3, for this reason I kneel. And it's all, always good to know what, what was the reason why Paul was kneeling in prayer and then begins to offer this prayer up for the church so they could be strengthened in the love of Christ. Well, if you look at the historical context and the history of the Ephesian church, there was a Gentile church and the Apostle Paul, Paul of, uh, um, who was a Jew, had been called by God to preach the gospel to mainly the Gentiles the Gentiles, and Gentiles is everyone that is not a Jew. And so the Apostle Paul was so privileged and so excited to preach the Gospels to the Gentiles that he was willing to actually go through so much trials and tribulations and go wherever God would send him to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. 
And so when you read the, the book of Ephesians, it's to a Gentile church. And Ephesus was a, place, a really um, positive and, and uh, a vibrant Greek city, one where there was like the capital of the Roman province in those days. And it's now uh, um, in the area of Turkey, if we want to go there. It was a, an amazing city, 250,000 people. And the Apostle Paul visited once on his second missionary journey. And on his third missionary journey, he stopped and stayed three years and planted this church. And out of this church, he planted other churches, which the book of Revelation speak into when you begin to read that book. And so the Apostle Paul was passionate about these people, and there he left Timothy in charge to pastor this church while he went to Jerusalem, probably for the Feast of Pentecost. And so this is the background, and the Apostle Paul is, is so excited to preach this to the Gentile church, and he starts in Ephesians 1, and he begins to tell the church what position the Jewish people, those that believed in Christ, had that they'd been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. If you begin to read down there, it says that you've been redeemed, you've been forgiven, that you've been marked with the promised Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say to them, and you have also been included. And so when you, when you look at that, you think, well, Paul was starting off that, that God's chosen people was first the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit, Spirit fell on the Jews and now the gospel goes beyond that to all people everywhere. And the Apostle Paul was assigned to preach this message, this mystery, which he talks in chapter 2 about. The mystery that God has given to him that he once kept away in the past. But now he's revealed to all people. And so the Apostle Paul is so excited about this mystery, that mystery that Christ came and died on the cross for the sins of all people. And he says, you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. That you are joined together. Two people are become one in Christ. And so Paul's mission was about to, to communicate the plan, the administration of the mystery, which Paul says was in past kept hidden in God, who created all things. But now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be now made known. And so Paul is saying that a church's job is that we are here to make this mystery known to all people. It's not only inclusive to perfect people or to one tribe or to one nation, but this mystery is given to everybody. It tells us that we can approach God with freedom and with confidence in verse 12. And he tells us that one time that we were separated from Christ, but because of God's love for us, he died for us, and he paid the price that we can have access to God. He tells us that he broke down the dividing walls of hostility because the wrath of God was placed upon his son, Jesus Christ. And this is what we are to get excited about, to understand that we have now, those that have received Christ into their heart, they have now accepted the Savior and been brought into the house of God. He said, but you were, were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And they're this people, these two people, the Jew, the Gentile, are brought together to be the temple of God, where God will dwell by his spirit. And so from that place, there no longer is the place where God meets is in a building, but is in the hearts of people. And so when we gather together, the Holy Spirit is within us and around us and everywhere. And we as a church are to display the glory and the goodness of God to all people. And so that is our role. Paul says, I pray out 
he says, I, I, therefore I pray that, that you as a church will be rooted and established in love. He prays that, that, that Christ will dwell in your heart through faith. You know the word rooted, our new theme this month is called rooted and it means to be established. You know, it gives two illustrations of a plant or a tree that its root goes down so much that it's steadfast when the winds come or the storm comes that it can still stand. The other illustration is about a building of the foundations that is built and when the storms come because the foundations are rooted, then that building will stay firm. And Paul says, in this day, and I want to tell you in our day, with this, the COVID going around and all kinds, the church needs to be rooted in the love of Christ. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, being rooted in the love of Christ. Therefore, I pray before the Father, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. You know, many people try and deal with problems on the exterior. You know, in marriages, in life, in relationships, we think we can fix stuff by doing the things exterior, that we buy more things to please our spouse, or we invest in more things on the outside. But most of our relational breakdowns, most of our crisis in our nation is to do with an interior, it's to do with the heart. And unless Christ can have residence within people's hearts, nothing much will change. We can do all the things on the exterior, make all the right um, things put in place, but unless God can transform our hearts, nothing much will change. See, most of our problems is not the exterior stuff, but it's to do with attitude. It's to do with character. It's to do what goes on in the inner world of our lives. And the Apostle Paul says, I want you to know church that if you're going to be rooted if you're going to be established then you've got to make sure that Christ will dwell in the center of your life his prayer is that God's power would help us to allow Christ to have preeminence in our lives the word is take up residence and I know that when we open our lives to Jesus, we allow him to come into our lives. But many Christians, many of us, only give God access to some part of our lives. And if we're going to be rooted, if we're going to be established, if we're not going to move when the storm comes, then it's really important that we allow Jesus every part of our life. And I want to encourage you, sometimes because of a lack of trust or we've been hurt by people, we fear of giving God totally all of our lives and I know every one of us here today, there is some part of your life where you may have not allowed God access into. Some of our staff team that's joined us recently, they've moved from different locations, from Coventry, from Sheffield, and they've taken up new residents. And you know, even though this residence, there were some rooms in that house that needed redecorating. And some of those rooms could have put them off from the purchase, but they committed themselves to the purchase. And I want to say to you, when you give your life to Jesus, he committed himself to the purchase. But God doesn't just want to be a bystander in your house, in your life. He wants to take up residence and he wants to come into every area of your life and he wants to refurbish it and he wants to refine it and he wants to renew it. Because not every room in their house that they bought was as they wanted it to be. 
You know, Ryan's been working so hard, he's learned jobs that he's never knew before, a plumber, electrician, a tiler, a wood layer. It's all because when he, some of the rooms needed to, to have his stamp upon those rooms. In Lee and Jackie's home, there was different areas where they, they painted the color they liked because they wanted to transform the areas of the house so they could begin to feel at home in there. And Christ, when we give our life to him, he wants access into every area of our life. But sometimes we have rooms that's got padlocks on and we say, do not disturb. And unless you allow Jesus full access into our hearts and our lives, we'll never be really rooted. We'll always be running through fear and anxiety because those rooms are locked in our lives and that's why we can't trust him. But I want to encourage you that when God comes into your life, he wants to renovate, he wants to renew, he wants to give you a new start in your life. Because I know that my life is a journey with God. And there are some areas where it's a no-go. But when you begin to know God more, and you begin to know his personality, his intention, you begin to open more of your heart. And you know, today as we come to a a close at the end of this service, if you're a Christian today, you're going to give, um, you're going to make a choice where the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about an area of your life where you've been saying not yet. And you're going to give an an opportunity where you can unlock that door from the inside because God will never break into your life without your permission because it's about a relationship with him. And as you look through the scriptures, you can see where Jesus, when he walks into a life that's messed up, he doesn't condemn them, he doesn't make them feel worse, but something happens with a transformational power and presence of God when Jesus walks up into somebody's house there was a man in scripture called Zacchaeus he was a tax collector he was a ruthless man he ripped people off he was a thief and he was a liar probably but he stole money off people and he and 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 then one day Jesus went to this tree looked up and called him by his name he was called by many other names some other people but actually Jesus called him by his name Zacchaeus I want you to come down because I want to go to your house. I want to come home with you. And in in that discourse, in that house, can you imagine? I imagine as Zacchaeus walks into the house, he's realizing that everything that he owns in that house is being gained by robbery. He's robbed people to have his plasma TV. He's robbed people to have his amazing sound surround. He's ripped people off and everything in that home represents his lifestyle. But what I like about this story, when Jesus turns up, Jesus didn't concentrate about what he did wrong. Jesus concentrated about how he could give him life. And and somehow, if I could be in that room, it would tell us a different story. But I know from the reaction of Zacchaeus, something happened in that transaction. Something happened in Zacchaeus' life that realized that this person, Jesus, loved him. Never condemned him because it says in Luke 19, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, not let me go and think about it, here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. When Zacchaeus allowed him into his house, even though he messed up in his life, Jesus restored him. Jesus forgave him because he said to him, today salvation has come to this house. 
And what about you today? What about if you're watching on screen and you're not a Christian and you're thinking, I wouldn't want Jesus coming to my home because everything that I have represents something which is not right. But I want to tell you when he comes into your home, he loves you and he wants to transform us and he wants to make us better and brand new. Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. In other words, God's in the business of committing to his buildings, his people, so we can restore and free and set free for the purpose of God in our lives. But to be rooted is to give God access into our lives. To be rooted is to allow him access into those areas which we try and protect. And by the way, you do protect some areas of your life. Because there is our public life, where we see on Twitter and Facebook, where everything is awesome and everything is going great. And then there is our private life, where our family are. And that's not as good as our public life, is it? Because if our, if our private life could tell the public life of what we're really like at home, there'd be a different story on Facebook. But then there's another life, it's called our secret life. And our secret life is that only, only you and God know about that. Even some of your family members don't even know about your secret life. And I want to say to you, every one of us in this room have a secret life where God wants to get in and, and change because that secret life could be a secret life of addiction, a secret life of fear and anxiety, a place where you can't express yourself to anybody else, even your spouse or your family because it's your secret and it's a place where you run and you hide. But God wants to get in there and transform it and free you because Christ came to set the captive free. Every one of us has a secret life. The NCB News says this, the Grand Central Terminal workers had a secret man cave under New York City landmark. Three employees from the administration department, the, um, he says, entered into this unauthorized break room. A carpenter who was a foreman, electrician and a wireman. And in this Secret man cave under Manhattan, can you imagine that, was a fridge with beer in it, a large flat TV screen, a futon bed, and it says officials found all that and more in this used, unauthorised lounge, and all they did was hang out and get drunk and party. They were suspended without pay after being served with a disciplinary charge. This is only last week this happened that was found. And I want to say to you that, that there are times in our life that our secret life will expose our public life and we need to allow God in those areas. He doesn't want to expose you, he doesn't want to suspend you, but he wants to renew you and set you free. The God that we serve is a God of love and he wants ownership and he wants to dwell in your heart through faith. You may be running and you may hide and you may have some unauthorized place in your secret life. But let me tell you something, it's not secret because God knows about it. And God wants access today. If you're going to be rooted in Christ, there can't be anywhere in your heart where it's a no-go for Jesus. There might be places in your life where it's no-go for some people because they've taken advantage of you and that's right. But when Jesus is concerned, we've got to have an open heart that Paul says, I pray. I pray that the power of God will help you allow him to have access, that, that he will begin to rule, that he would begin to have ownership of our lives. You know, in our walk with God, that's our journey, that we become more and open to his trust and to his life, that we surrender our life to him 
uh, one, one day and one week more at a time that we begin to trust him and, and when he begins to call us and ask us for things that we no longer fear and hold back, no longer, no, no longer pretending about our lives, we say, God, you know me. And if you're asking me to, to give you this part of my life, then Lord, I'm asking you to come in and do some work, to do some restoration, to make it look pretty. You know, these guys, when they're doing their restoration on the house, it wasn't to make the house look worse. It's always work of improvement. And I want to say when they looked at some of those rooms and they said, oh, oh, you know, oh, we don't like that room, so we're going to leave. No, they were committed. They were bought in. They paid the price. And Jesus Christ paid the price for your life and for my life. But the thing is, Paul gives us the key, the second key to allow us for Christ to dwell in our hearts because it's not easy. To have residence in there, it's not easy. So Paul said, I'm going to pray another prayer. Another prayer that you're going to need the power of God to help you do it. And he said, when you get to know this, then it's easier to allow God into your heart to be, have, have residence in there. He said, I pray. This is his second prayer. I pray that you may have power with the help of, with all the help of God's people to grasp how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. See, here's the foundation of our walk with God. Our, our, our relationship with God is about knowing his love. It's not about knowing his rules, as Barley would say. It's not about putting barriers back up because Christ came to destroy the barriers. And unfortunately, there are some Christians that want to keep putting the barriers up. The barriers of rules and regulations, where it moves us away from God, not nearer. But Paul says, if, if, I, if my prayer is that you would know the power of God, that you would know his love. If you would know the love that I know that I've encountered with Jesus, if you know, he said, if you know this kind of love, then you would give him access to your life. Then when the storms hit your life, when, when things run out on you, you know because of the love that you know what he's like, that you know you'll be rooted and you'll be established because of his love that he has for you. I want to ask you today, what kind of a God are you serving today? Is he a God of rules or regulations? Is he a God that's always beating you up and feeling you make, make full of shame and guilt? Or is it this God that we serve in the New Testament? This God that, that the Apostle Paul prayed so fervently on his knees that you would begin to know this kind of love. The love that is so wide. How wide is this love? Which kind of people can it reach? Paul says, listen, it can reach every kind of person, every tongue, every background, every personality, every gender, every person that's rich or poor or messed up. He searches every area of this land. He sends people to show you kindness, to get your attention. He will, there is no place where this God won't go. There is no, no, there is no dimension where Jesus will not go. No per person that he will keep out. And you know what? He doesn't look for perfect people. You know, and the problem is that we've had some people in our lives, religious people, and we've had a, a bad experience of church. And somehow that puts us off and it distorts the goodness of God and the love of God in our lives because we encounter people who represent the church or who represent Jesus and they're just not representing him really well. And they mess up our hearts. But Paul says, I pray that the Holy Spirit will allow you to know this kind of love. This kind of love that comes from Jesus, the only one that can show us real love. And, and sometimes in church life, the people that build back up walls, they become stumbling blocks and not stepping stones to help us introduce us to this kind of Jesus. There was a man who was down on his luck and he went to a church which catered to the religious people. Spotting the man's dirty clothes by a deacon, 
worried about the church's image and reputation, he went to the man and asked him if he, could, if he needed help. The man said, I've been praying and the Lord told me to come to this church. The deacon suggested that he, he, the man go and pray some more and possibly he might get a different answer from God. The next Sunday, the man returned and the deacon asked him, hi, he said, did you get a different answer? And he said, yes, I did. He said, I told the Lord that they did not want me in that church. And the Lord said, don't worry, my son. I've been trying to get in that church for years and they won't let me in either. The religious leaders kicked Jesus out of the temple and the synagogue. They didn't want him either. And I want to tell you that Jesus came to seek and save which was lost. Jesus came for the sinner. He didn't came for the perfect person. And he calls out to his servants in Luke 14. He said, sir, I've invited all the lame, the poor and the weak. He says, what you have ordered has been done. And he says, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. So wide is the love of God. I don't care how far you are away from God today. I don't care what your life is like. His love will reach you. He says, I wish you would know how long his love is. There is no end to his love. His love will never run out on us. His mercy is new every morning. His faithfulness continues throughout generations. His forgiveness is endless. His provision is limitless. His protection is secure. And his salvation is sealed. Love so high. Love so wide. Love so deep. His, 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 his love is so high that he has taken us from the pit of hell and he's raised us up and he's seated us even the heavenly realms far above rule, power, authority and every name that is given above. We're just so grateful that he is not on that. He's sealed through his spirit and we are now God's possession. Did you know that the, the, the most distant planet from earth is Neptune? And it orbits the sun at an average distance of 2.794 billion miles away. And if you were to get NASA's one of the fastest rockets, and you were to jump in there and say, let's have a trip to get to Neptune, do you know that it would take you between 12 and 18 years to get there? Paul says, I pray that you begin to know how high the love of God is. Isaiah says, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these, even Neptune? He who brings out the starry house one by one and calls them each by name and because of his great mighty power and strength, not one of them is missing. Jesus said, you who worry, he said, don't look at the birds of the air, never mind the moon and the stars. How much more valuable are you? In times of crisis like this, when you're rooted in the love of God, you know that you're going to be okay. Whatever you've come in church with today, no matter what you're carrying this morning, I want to tell you the God that we serve, the God that you are worshipping today, I want to tell you he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And I want to tell you that he's been carrying you all the way to this day. The psalmist says, your love, Lord, reaches the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. If we could grasp the love of God, we would no longer be in anxiety. If we'd grasp this kind of love, which is so wide and so high and, and so deep, we'd never always worry about what's coming next with our finances. 
because we know that our God is our provider. And finally, the love so deep. Ever heard anybody say, I'm in deep trouble? I know some of you said different words there, but we're in church. I'm in deep trouble. There is no depth where God can't reach and pull you out. That's what Paul is saying. Jonah could not get away from the depth of the sea. David couldn't get away from his love. His love will search and seek and find you, no matter how deep of trouble that you're in, no matter the sin that you find yourself in, no matter the failure that you are in right now and feeling, hope or despair, his love will reach down and pull you out. The psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I go to my bed in the depths, you are there. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. See, this is the God that we come today to worship. This is the God that we give ownership of our lives because his love is so wide and deep and high. The Apostle Paul says this, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, he was a murderer, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and belief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. Along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. He said, I was so deep in sin. I was so deep. I was last on the ladder for even God to think about me. But Christ reached down and picked me up and put my feet upon the rock. And Paul says this, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. God chose Paul because he realized that he was the worst of sinners and if God would choose him, he can choose anybody. His hand can reach so deep into the lives of people. And I know there are some people in your life that you think God will never reach out to them. I want to tell you that he's willing and he's definitely able. And the, and the man that tells us that he's praying for us, the Apostle Paul, the person who is in, in prison writing this letter, this is the man that got whipped more times than anyone in the New Testament. This is the man that got shipwrecked, sleepless nights, imprisonment, torture. This is the man that prayed that we'd understand the love of God. And this is what he says to us in Romans 8. He says, I am convinced. See, this is the key for a rooted life in Christ. You've got to be convinced that God loves you. And some of you walked in church today. Some of you are watching on TV right now. And you've been in church for a long time and you're still not convinced that God loves you. And the only thing we've got to look at is the cross. And not only that, from the cross, every bit of faithfulness that God has given us every day of our lives, every provision, every act of forgiveness, God has committed right to the end of our lives. And this is what he said, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, nor the present or the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us, what from? The love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, today's prayer from Paul is a power to know Jesus. To know his love. And the more that you know his love, the more you open your life to him. And I want to tell you, you have nothing to be afraid of today. Because this is the God that we serve. 
the demonstration of his love on the cross was the first sign of the kind of God that we're going to give our life to. And if you're saying today, I'm not sure if I can get all this in my head. Well, let me tell you, this kind of power, this kind of knowledge cannot come just from your head. It's got to come from revelation. It's got to come from God because he says this, to know this love that surpasses knowledge. It's more than intellect. It's an encounter with God. You can't know this love without God, the Holy Spirit, filling your life, coming, touching you afresh and making you aware of this goodness from God. And you say, I wonder if he would come into my life. You don't realize how much of a mess it is in today. Paul says this, but he, not you, is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. According to what? Your willpower? No. According to his power that works within us. As we come to a close and sing this final song, here's the thing. You're watching today, you're a Christian. In this, you've gathered today and thank you so much for coming all over this building. And Christ wants to have access to you. The public, the private, and the secret lives, areas of your life. But he won't do it by force because it's a relationship with him. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've come today or you're watching today. You've never experienced this kind of love. Well, the same God offers you an invitation to allow him into your life. But he will not force his way in. And Revelation says this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Isn't it interesting? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and have fellowship with them. And for some of us, it's our first time back into a, a live gathering. And maybe over this lockdown, there are certain things in your faith that's happened and maybe you're not where you need to be in God. But today, Christ is saying, will you give me access into all of your areas of your life. All over this room right now and watching by TV, the Holy Spirit is knocking on your door of your heart. You know the areas where you need to let him in. You know you need where you, you know you need freedom and peace and love and joy. And if you would say yes to him this morning, I want to tell you he will come to you by his power. Because I want to say this in itself and the music in itself will not change anyone. It has to be the power of God. And we're going to do that by praying just like Paul into your heart and into your life. And if you don't know Jesus Christ today, my appeal to you is would you please allow him access? Would you say yes to him? Everyone in this building that I know that I've seen so far have made that prayer and said yes to God. And you know, it's a prayer of faith. I want to say you can trust him wants to come in and, and make good your life doesn't want to mess you up wants to come in and make good and renew and restore and set you free but the only condition is that you open the door so let's pray together before the band finish with our final song all over this building today 
what areas of your life do you need to allow Jesus to come in and have access as Paul would pray that he would come and rule and reign Father God we just come before you right now those that are watching online we ask you Holy Spirit that you would come to those that know you and they know they're locked down somewhere in their heart in their lives but Lord they need freeing and they need restoration they need freedom from addiction they need peace from you they need assurance of your love Lord would you come now all over this room God as well Lord in the stalls and in the balcony God we ask you to move by your spirit it's your power that your love will be made known even more in our lives that we can be rooted and established in who you are and what you've done. Lord, as we come to a close, for those who may not know you today, that Lord, that you say, I wonder if God will be willing to come into my life. Yes, he will. He died for you. He loves you. And he wants to encourage you and strengthen you and have a relationship with you. And if you would say yes to him, you'll be amazed what will happen. The power of God, the revelation of his love would flood your life that you would never look back. If that's you, you can pray a simple prayer from your heart. It's actually a permission if you open the door of your life to God right now by his presence. All you've got to say is, okay, Lord, I don't know much about this Jesus. But from what I've heard today, I want him to come into my life. I want him to come and do some good in my heart and my life to encourage me, to strengthen me, to give me hope for a future, to forgive me of all my sins. If that's you, you can just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. I give you permission. I open the door of my heart to you and I give you access. Please forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me and fill me with your love and your peace. I I give those things that hold me. I give those things that that make me fear. Lord, I give you those things that that, that just cause me shame and I, I give you access to my life today. And I ask you to come in by your presence. In Jesus' name we pray.